dead stay alive for another day. What's going on? Happy Saturday and welcome to Chatterbox Reds. My name is Nick Kirby. Chatterbox Reds has been your daily home for Cincinnati Reds content all season long. Thanks so much for sticking with us. It's been a hell of a ride, but the Reds somehow, someway are not done yet. This show is presented as always by Betfred Sportsbook. All right, well, let's jump right into where things stand in the NL wildcard race with two days left in the season before I tell you everything that happened in the Reds game on Saturday night. The Reds won 19-2 over the Cardinals, and they needed that win to keep their season alive. The Marlins trailed the Pirates 3-0 going into the 8th, but the Pirates blew the lead, and the Marlins won 4-3. But there was other good news. The Cubs lost in extra innings to the Brewers to continue their epic September collapse, and the Diamondbacks lost a tight 2-1 game to the Astros. So here's where your standings sit on Saturday morning. Phillies have wrapped up the first wild card spot. Then it's the Arizona Diamondbacks at 84 and 76. They are a half game ahead of the Miami Marlins at 83 and 76. The Reds then are the next team out. Reds and Cubs are tied 82 and 78. But of course, the Reds hold the tiebreaker over the Cubs. And the San Diego Padres, they were eliminated on Friday night. So here is what the Reds would need to have happen over the next two days to pull off a miracle. First, the Reds must win both of their final two games. The Reds lose either game. That's it. Season's over. Then the Reds need either the Diamondbacks to lose both of their two two final games or the Marlins to lose their final three games, which includes that suspended game that they lead 2-1 in the bottom of the eighth that will be picked up on Monday afternoon if needed. Also of note, what happens with the Cubs the rest of the season does not matter one bit to the Reds. I know that is weird to say since we've been following the Cubs for the last, feels like, two months, but since the Reds hold the tiebreaker over the Cubs, And as I mentioned, the Reds have to win both games. The Cubs are completely irrelevant to the Reds' chances of the postseason. So you don't even need to watch the Cubs anymore. Turn them off, wrap them up. They're done, at least for the Reds' calculations. It's all about the Marlins and the Diamondbacks. You need one of those teams to lose out, and you need to win out. Fangraph's updated playoff odds, Diamondbacks at 93.9%, Marlins at 90.6%. Reds at 11.4%. So two days left in the season. Reds are still almost at 12%. And the Cubs all the way down to 4.1%. The Cubs at one point this season were up to 92%. All right. So now let me tell you exactly what happened in the Reds' epic, glorious beatdown of the St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis on Friday night. In the top of the first, Jonathan India led off with a single. Then with two outs, Christian Encarnacion Strand, really nice piece of hitting, singled, and that brought Nick Martini up to the plate. Plenty of comments on social media before the game. Why is Nick Martini in the lineup? 
Well, what did Nick Martini do? He hit a three-run bomb to right center field. Home run number five for Martini. Three-nothing Cincinnati right off the bat. Top of the second, Ellie De La Cruz walked. Then Will Benson tripled to make it 4 nothing Reds. And they just kept pouring it on from there. Jonathan India hit a two-run home run, number 17, 6 nothing Reds. Spencer Steer hit a solo home run, number 23, 7 nothing Reds. Steer with the home run, put him just one behind Joey Votto, who has the second most home runs ever by a Reds rookie. The Cardinals did get two runs in the bottom of the third, but in the bottom of the fourth, the Reds were right back at it. Noel V. Marte hit his second big league home run. He hit it 398 feet, 8-2 Reds. Later in the inning, T.J. Friedel had an RBI double, making it 9-2, and then Christian Encarnacion Strand hit an upper deck home run over the Big Mac level, 418 feet to left field, 12 to Reds. Christian Encarnacion Strand has seven home runs in his last 10 games, and he's all the way up to 13 home runs on the season. And then Tyler Stevenson capped off a seven-run inning with the longest home run of the day, a 428-foot blast to left center field, number 13 on the season for Tyler Stevenson, 14 to Reds. Brandon Williamson in his final start, And the regular season, six innings pitched, five hits, two runs, two walks, two strikeouts. Nice to see Williamson finish off the regular season strong. And the Reds would add just five more runs in the eighth inning, headlined by an Ellie De La Cruz triple, which came off the bat at 111.3. The Reds led 19-2. Carson Spires just activated off the roster uh, for Daniel Duarte, who was put on the IL. Pitched three innings of one hit, shutout baseball, no walks uh, to finish off the the 19-2 win for the Reds in St. Louis. And get this, the 17-run margin of victory was the largest for the Reds since 1999. And yes, this was win number 82 meaning your Cincinnati Reds have secured a winning season. And how rare is a winning season in Cincinnati? Well, we hope this becomes a regular occurrence, but the Reds now have just their sixth winning season in the last 23 years. And get this, in just five seasons as Reds manager, David Bell has three of those six winning seasons. So how about that? Congrats to David Bell. And speaking of David Bell, here's what he had to say after the game. It was exactly what we needed, you know, in a lot of ways. We, we know we have to win. Um, and to get off to a start like we did, I thought it was really important. You know, we're, um, we know where we are. Brandon Williamson came out, and uh, I, I thought his first few innings were um, – very similar to when he was pitching in grade in the middle of the, the season. Um, he had some long innings to, to uh, wait, and uh, you know, his goal was to get a, a complete game and not have to use any of our relievers. Um, but uh, fortunately, we had Carson Spire step in. He, he did a great job for us, and um, you know we didn't use any of our, our regular relievers, and the offense was everything you could ask for. Um, I thought getting off to a good start, 
Nick Martini's home run was, you know, at the time, like, just huge. It just kind of allowed everyone to relax a little bit. Kudos to the guy that put him in the lineup today. <laughs> well, he's, you know, he he's earned that. He's, you know, in some ways he's uh, earned more opportunity. And, um, you know, he's been in this role and situation before. He just time and time again over throughout his career has shown that he can hit. And uh, he did it again tonight. Tough at bat against the left-hander um, later in the game. And, you know, he's definitely serving a role on this team. But at any time, you know, it seems like you, you need a little uh, spark offensively, and he's going to go up there and give you great at bats. Is it hard not with the scores up on the scoreboard the whole time not to peek up there even as a manager? Well, here in St. Louis, it's right in your face. And, you know, they even have the the base states up there and it was uh there there was there was no way you couldn't be watching it so um you know the first the marlins game was on and um and we were very focused on what we were doing i mean it but it but it was something that you couldn't help but notice tonight and here's what jonathan india had to say about the reds big win reds stay alive and uh who knew a home run derby would break out here in late september oh yeah that, that was a fun game for us especially uh you know, we came out firing. You know, we had a good off day yesterday, and uh, you know, it's you know, winner out now. You know, we need to win out and hope for some things that happens with some other teams. So, all we could do is play our game, play hard, and you know, play Reds baseball and win. Wins like this in this stadium are rare. Uh, what does it say about you guys that you came in here and still it's been resiliency all year long, and it's still resiliency. Yeah. It's just you know, it tells you how, how what team we have here. You know, it's a young team that, that grinds for every pitch, um, every inning, and, you know, we want to win. That's the bottom line. And um, so we're, we're trying to make it happen for Cincinnati. There seemed to be a Michael Jordan kind of shrug theme tonight. A few of you guys did it. Is there anything to that? No, I mean, I, I do it every home run when I round uh, yeah. third to the dugout. Um, no, nah, I think they were messing around with me because they see me do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I just, I just, that's what I do. No matter what happens this weekend, what does it say about this group? And can you take pride in this? A hundred losses last year. Everyone counted you out. All the injuries, all the rookies and everything. And here you are. You're still standing. No matter what happens, how much pride can you take from this season? It's amazing. You know, we've, we, we've come so far from last year. I mean, you saw it. Fans saw it. It was a tough year for everyone, you know, to, to play in those games and lose a lot. And tough mentally for a lot of us. And um, to come out this year and... You know, have a winning record and um, you know, show what team we have for the future is special. And I think uh, the fans are very excited for that. Appreciate your time. And it is guaranteeing a winning season with the victory tonight. Yes, it is a guarantee, no doubt. Thank you, Jim. And lastly, here's Tyler Stevenson. Obviously, to come out in the first and huge home run, home run by Martini. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I feel like it just kind of the floodgates came out after that, which is great. But um, started with B-Well, what he did, six innings, huge. Um, needed that from him, and then it was awesome to see Carson come in. Um, it was the three innings after that. Um, all around, yeah, great great team win. And at the end of the day, just like I said, we got to control the things we can control and take care of business tomorrow, and that's all we can kind of focus on. It seemed like you guys, at least on your end, you left nothing to chance tonight. You went out and just kept going and going to make it a basically a comebackless, proofless game. Yeah. There, so. yeah, I mean, huge. It felt like it was kind of contagious um, from the hitting side and uh, like you said, it just it, it never stopped, um, which was great. I mean, just we need to have that energy in the next two games, and hopefully we can see where this thing takes us and just keep the momentum going. 
make fun of anybody who didn't hit a home run tonight? Well, after the first couple innings, um, I was kind of making fun of myself. I was like, man, everybody else is getting in the, um, getting in on it. And um, sure enough, had a, uh, a good swing there. And Butch told me my last one got kind of overturned and made it a uh, made it a uh, error, which I figured. I, mean, I thought it was an error. Um, got kind of a generous call at the end. But, um, yeah, I mean, huge all-around martini, John. Uh, Sess, feel like he's hitting a home run every time, and uh, Marte, and I mean, I might be missing some others, but there's a lot. Yeah. Is it stressful doing your part, but also watching what other teams doing, knowing you have no control over what the other games are going? At the end of the day, like I said, we got to control the things we can control, and if it's meant for us uh, for it to be in, then um, it's all going to take care of itself at the end, and we got to go out tomorrow and do what we did, keep doing what we're doing. Marlins score was up there in your sight line the entire game. Do you see it? I did see that they. Well, I had one fan yelling at me saying that the Marlins won. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, we're all looking at it to see kind of where we're at, but we got to take care of our game first. Well, some fairly big news broke before the game. The Reds promoted Nick Crawl to president of baseball operations and Brad Meter to senior vice president slash general manager. Crawl was, of course, the vice president and general manager. Meter was the vice president, assistant GM, scouting and player development. Here's what Nick Crawl had to say about that move to the media. I'm really excited. I mean, we've got a lot of great people in this organization through scouting, player development, all the way from the Dominican complex up to the big leagues. Um, our coaches, our analytics staff, our front office staff. I'm just really excited with, with the people that are in this organization that have done tireless work over the last couple of years to get us uh, to this point, and hopefully we can keep moving forward. So I think this uh, helps us uh, just Brad's going to work a little bit more uh, with the major league team. Uh, he's, he's overseen the medical uh, this, uh, this year. So it's just trying to get him a little bit more with the major league team and, and disperse some other things uh, in, in the lower levels. I mean, I think like, like we were before, we're just trying to build through scouting and player development, and that's been our whole focus, to continue to, to build up our farm system to get guys that can produce the major league level and continue to build a good major league team. All right, well, here is myself and Trace Fowler discussing Friday night's big win for the Reds. Uh, Reds smash the Cardinals. I mean, if the Cardinals didn't want to play baseball the last three days of the season, they certainly don't want to play the last two days because uh, tonight was one of those games where you're just begging for mercy. Nick, if we're going to have to do these shows and don't have any chance of making the postseason, then I hope they go all just like that. Yeah, that was fun. Nice to see the Reds really bring it, you know, in a, a game where you know they're coming off a really, really tough loss on the last time we saw them. You know, there was that video circulating around that was just absolutely heartbreaking to watch. I thought that video was good. You saw how much these Reds players care, and then you saw how they were able to flip the script and just absolutely go out and demolish a team on the road as bad as the Cardinals are. You win a baseball game 19 to two against any major league team. It's a hell of a night. It is a hell of a night. All right, it's the deep, deep fly, drive, whatever we want to call that thing of the game. Presented by our good friends at Deep South Commodities. Who else would it be? You guys thought it was going to be CES. I thought it was going to be CES. For all intents and purposes, I thought CES hit his all the way back to Cincinnati, but I guess it landed in the stands. Nick told me 
that Tyler Stevenson's one actually went farther. So that's what we're going to do. Tyler Stevenson also deserves it. He's had a heck of a, a heck of a tough of a season. Uh, you know, it just uh, he hits, he hits, it just seems like he just can't find any luck. But this time, he ran into one 105 miles an hour off the bat, 428 feet, 30 degree launch angle for those that care about things like that. And uh, what it did for the Cincinnati win probability, you might ask, it skyrocketed by two tenths of a percent from 99.6 to 99.8. Reds would lead 14 to 2. So shout out to Tyler Stevenson. DSC, DSC, they are big times. We have, like, we, like I said before, we have a big announcement on. Uh, we have a big announcement on Sunday. We've got a lot of things going on. DSC is a part of that. So big thank you to the Deep South Commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuel production, specializing in used cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com for more information. And again, thank you to John. He said, don't do the ad reads. Don't worry about doing the ad reads the rest of the year. Don't do that. You don't have to do that. Just tell everybody if the Reds make the postseason, we're going to buy $1,000 worth of drinks for the watch party. And you know what? I still want to do the ad reads. Why? Because it just it feels like that's what we should do. It feels like that's what we should do. It also feels like we're not dead yet. I actually give the Marlins a lot of credit. Um, you know why? Because when you have to go play the Mets, you play the Pirates, you feel like the, you've seen it with the Reds, too, when they played the Pirates. The Pirates are playing pretty good ball right now, and it's something else to be said when you have to play a team that has nothing to gain. You know, like, they're, they're just playing free and loose, and, you know, who cares if you win or lose? And I, as, as sad as this is to say... Sometimes or most of the time, honestly, you play your best baseball when you're when you're playing free and you're not really worried about it. And it felt like there for a minute this Reds team did get bogged down per se by the opportunity or by the thought that they had something to lose. And uh, I'm not suggesting the performance tonight was all because they 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 felt like, you know, for all intents and purposes their season was over. Um some of that probably can be put on the fact that they played a team that has the worst record in the National League. However, you know, they did have an outburst tonight, and we'll see if they can continue through with it. But uh, I don't know. It's it's encouraging to see the fact that the Reds have, uh, I don't say they could have rolled over and died because that's just not who they are. And the other thing that's crazy, whether you want to put some stock in this as well, you know, our guys play really hard. I don't know if that's appreciated as much as it should be. And I know that all major league players should play hard. They get paid millions of dollars, if you will, or some do. Most do. You know, some are on league minimum. But... For all intents and purposes, they get paid a lot of money to play a game. You'd like to think that they're going to play hard. That's just, I, I watched some baseball games. I watched a good amount of baseball games here of late, kind of like scoreboard watching, if you will. And, and there's a lot of guys that just don't play hard, man. And they don't. So that's one thing I do appreciate about this Reds ball club. And I don't know where that comes from. Maybe that's a part of Jonathan India and, and, and that leadership style that, we, that, that, that gets talked about. But, you know, ultimately, I just wanted to point that out. Chi-Town Real Estate says, I feel like I need to pay someone for watching that game. 19 runs on the got dang cards. I like that kid show. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, the Cardinals have, uh, we all know what the Cardinals have been for most of our lifetimes. I mean, there's a reason that we don't like them, right? There's a reason that we have disdain for the Cardinals and we don't have as much disdain for the Pirates. Why is that? Well, we all know what the reason why. And uh, it's nice to see them on the bottom for once. It's nice to see them... Uh, Mopping the floors a little bit. Getting a little humble pie, per se. So we'll see if that uh, that continues. That'd be nice if it continues. I'll tell you this right now, and I, I'm not saying I'm worried. Scared's the wrong word to use here. Worried's the wrong word to use here. 
This division has some good talent. It gets, it's, this division is going to be tough. I really do think that. I think the Pirates aren't that far off. I know people think they might laugh at me for saying that. I think if they lose, I know they lose Cruz all year long. And if they had Cruz, how many more wins is he worth? Um, I genuinely think the Pirates are a little bit better than we all might give them credit for. So we'll see what ultimately ends up happening next year. But, but um, I just wanted to bring that up as well. I've watched the Pirates play a lot of baseball in the last... 15 days, and I mean, they actually have some pretty damn good at-bats for some young guys. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think the Pirates are, are close. Uh, the one advantage the Reds probably have is is when the Reds have spent their maximum and the Pirates have spent their maximum, the Reds do outspend the Pirates. Um, so I think the Reds can maybe do have a little bit more wiggle room in uh, in that regard. But I, I would not be shocked if it's the if it's the Reds and Pirates at the one and two in the NL Central next year, I'll say it right now. Uh, I, I could absolutely see that because I, I, I fascinated to see what the Brewers do. I know I've said this all year. Fascinated to see what they do this offseason with all of their top guys getting into the last year of arbitration. Their playbook, like with Josh Hader, was to trade him before his last year. Uh, I wonder if they'll do the same thing with with the guys like Burns and, and Woodruff. Um, and and. Yeah, so, and the Cardinals, I mean, I know they, they've said they're going to be active at the, active at the, uh, off in the offseason, but <laughs> they've got a lot of work to do right now, and, and, and two of their best players are, are getting older, you know, uh, Arenado and Goldschmidt. I know they still have a lot of talent, but and then the Cubs are just kind of that wild card that you're really not sure where they're at. Are they going to get Cody Bellinger back? If they get Cody Bellinger back, is he Cody Bellinger again? <laughs> right. Who knows, right? It'll be interesting. This offseason is going to be fun for me. Like I said, I, I don't know if many people uh, – I genuinely, Nick, fell out of love with baseball. I, it, 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 and I mean that sincerely. I, I played for so long. It took up my life for pretty much my whole entire life, quite honestly. And then you just kind of got to a point where you just are like, I don't know, man. I've just lived this for way too long. I've been in this for way too long. And and uh, stopped watching for – couple years and uh obviously I'd follow the Reds a little bit but when you're losing you know as bad as the Reds were losing it's not it's not uh it's not that difficult to miss out on some Reds games now I I feel a little sorry for maybe many people that were loyal fans that watched them through and through but this season I mean this genuinely this team specifically now I was going to watch them all no matter what because I made that pact with you and I said I was going to do it but um they they made me like enjoy watching this game again. They made me love this game again, if you will. Now, whether would it would it have mattered if they won sixty games versus a hundred? Would it all come flooding back? Maybe, maybe not. But um, but I genuinely mean that. I I can't tell you how much I appreciate just how much this team's been fun to watch, Nick. And it's been a it's been a pleasure uh, doing this show with you. And this chat's been a hell of a fun time. And you know what? Ultimately, the season's not over. We're, we're sitting here. We're watching. Hopefully, the, the, the Astros can find a way to continue to win games. And uh, we'll see what ultimately happens. But I just, keep, I just keep bringing that up because I think that that's something that uh, we should all remind ourselves about it from time to time as we wind this thing down. Uh, Brandon Williamson, let's talk about him really quickly. I think he's a guy that uh, that I genuinely think this. I don't think he's our best guy, but I do think he's been our most consistent guy, which is worth something. You know, uh, you you for the most part, since the rain game, which I couldn't even tell you what date that was, but since the rain game, I genuinely think Brandon Williamson, in my mind, has not given us all that bad of a start, but maybe one other time. And you can't say that about hardly anybody else. 
I know people will take that the wrong way by me saying that I, you know, this isn't a slight against Hunter Green. He's been unbelievable in certain spots, but I'm just talking about straight consistency. You know, there's not highs, there's not lows. You just kind of have an even, Steven. You're going to give up three runs in five or six innings, and you're going to kind of you're going to kind of move on. So, um, what consistency is worth, Nick? I don't know, but I don't know how you feel about that. Before we obviously get into the bullpen and things of that nature. Yeah, no, and that's a really great point because if you watched Williamson last last year in the minor leagues, he'd have some really good starts, but he had a lot of blow-up starts, and he did not have a single blow-up start, really, in the big leagues. I mean, his, his worst start of the year was six runs in five and two-thirds innings against the L.A. Dodgers, right? He, he only has two other starts where he gave up five runs, five and four and a third at the Cubs at Wrigley when the Cubs were playing out of their freaking minds, right? That was that series. Uh, and then the other one was that five runs and four innings at Detroit. But that was his first start coming back off the COVID IL after like a two-week break. So he, he really was incredibly consistent this year, which it's just it's it's so cool to see how he just completely flipped the entire narrative about him. Entire narrative about him was he walks too many guys. Well, this guy at the end of the year, he his his walk rate's been under two for the last like 10 starts. Uh, he's completely fixed that part of his game. Um, he's competed. He hasn't let the big inning snowball on him. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to expect out of him in 2024. If I'm being honest, uh, I could see him uh, just keeping to develop and being a really nice, legitimate big league starter. I could see him regressing a little bit, but I feel like he's a big leaguer. And if, if even if that has to be maybe like a a, a reliever um, at some point, maybe um, you know a multi multi inning reliever. Uh, that's fine because I didn't think when he made his debut on May 16th at Colorado that he was really a part of the Reds' future plans, and he's a part of the Reds' future plans now, and that's really, really cool. Yeah, to add one more point to what you just said, when adversity hits, he didn't fold either, you know? I think that's something that he's done in the past. So you you had mentioned, obviously, his walks and things of that nature and no 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 inning snowballing. But what you're really saying in those two scenarios is is that he really was able to stay composed and he was able to kind of stay within games when he when he's had chances this year at the major league level twofold he's had chances it's not like he's perfect he's pitched perfectly every single time there's been some adversity there and he was able to persevere and uh, I I I respect Williamson you know I really do I I think that he's a guy that like when I see what his makeup is. Um, I look forward to seeing what he does with it, you know, and I'm, I'm with you too. He could come out to spring training next year and kind of revert back to maybe the guy that, that he was in the minor leagues a couple years ago. And next thing you know, you're back to square zero. Um, but that's why you find out. It's why they play the games. Um, you have Spears in here. Is there uh Spears? Well, I, had Spires? I, had I, I don't even know how to say Spires. this kid's name. Spires, right? Spires. I had bullpen, yeah. but I I was looking. I was like, well, there wasn't a bullpen. It was it was just the Carson Spires show. Not cool for him. I mean, look, it, it was a pretty easy spot to pitch in. If we're being honest, in the big leagues, a really bad Cardinals lineup. They took some of their guys out, and he had a big lead. But hey, for a guy that just came up today, pitched three innings of one hit ball in the big leagues. That's cool. One more point on Williamson, though. Last ten starts of the season, did not have one start where he walked more than two batters. That's really cool. That's really cool. That is cool. And what Williamson does, Trace, is something that is important, and I know I've said it several times on this show. He gives you another option, and you need to go to spring training any year you were trying to compete. You're trying to be a bona fide playoff team. 
you need to go to spring training with not five starting pitchers, not six, not seven. I think you need to be eight, nine, ten starting pitchers. You need to have that amount of depth to where if you if you have three or four injuries, you're not calling up. I agree. Michael Marriott or, you know, whoever else it is, you know, you need that depth and he really helps you have that depth. And that that's one of the the biggest wins of this season is that, hey, you look at the starting pitching and you say you have some depth. I think they shouldn't be content with that. I think they should add to that starting pitching depth. I think they should add at least one, maybe two starting pitchers this offseason and just turn that into something that's good into something that's damn good. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're not going to have bullpen. Hopefully, you would like to get in a position where we're not doing bullpen games just out of necessity. We're not throwing Ben Lively out there. We're not bringing up Connor Phillips probably way too soon. You know, there's a lot of things that this year that this Reds team had to do because they just didn't have any other choice. Uh, so going into, if you're going to tell me next year going in to be a starting pitching was going to be a problem because they have too many guys, uh, that's that's uh, that's plenty. I feel though, like, Trace, we should probably talk about the offense. I think we kind of glossed over that. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, who do you want to talk about? We could spend an hour. Well, yeah. Let's. <laughs> I mean, when you score nineteen runs, I mean, you're the guy who said, "Please, offense, give me one day," and then you just want to <laughs> gloss over it when we score nineteen <laughs> runs. Come on, man. Yeah, we have about that. Yeah, well, congratulations. Let's see if you could do it again tomorrow. No, I'm kidding. Of course not. And that's, that's what some people do, though. That's what some people do. And that's how it usually goes. Who do you want to talk about first? I mean, I think CES looked great, man. He shot a ball into right field. That was, I don't want to say that was the most impressive thing, but I, I actually think if CES has an approach where he's okay with just, just trying to drive a ball to the backside like he did that first at bat. That kid's going to be a good player. I mean, he he's already probably going to be a good player regardless, but if he really just settles in and starts starts using all fields, because he has power to all fields, it's not like he has to hit the ball down the line to hit it out. Uh, he can be special. I don't know. There's so many guys, though, dude. I, I, it's, it is a little absurd. Nuave Marte is a stud. Yeah, I mean, seven home runs in ten games for CES. I mean, that's... <laughs> That's something pretty special right there. I also had that really nice piece of hitting with two outs, taking that single in the first inning. Uh, it was a nothing-nothing game at that point, so that was a big single. Uh, yeah, he's, he's come up. He's made adjustments. That's just been really good to see. And really, I guess just my bigger takeaway, outside of like Noel V. Marte, man, you feel really good about him right now. Um, and, and I do want to talk about one more player, but I'll save him, is uh, – just how good you feel overall about this offense here at the end of the year. Maybe not the overall production, but just the amount of players in individual spots. You feel like you got a lot of your questions answered, which was what our goal was coming into this year. Um, I just, I, I feel like I, just about everyone in the lineup tonight, outside of maybe, you know, Nick Martini, who I don't know though, he might, I might bring him back next year at this point. But, but I, I feel like, you know, Ellie De La Cruz, uh, Noelvi Marte, Spencer Steer, TJ Frieda, the list goes on and on. They, they've proven that they're big leaguers. And and that's right. just, it, it's so cool. It, it's so cool that we're going to have these guys on opening day next year. It's going to be an entirely different set of circumstances for the Reds. I mean, look at the opening day lineup. And I'm not even really criticizing the Reds because where they were at, and, and you could, I don't think it would have been wise to put like Ellie De La Cruz and Christian Encarnacion, even if they were healthy on the opening day roster, I don't even think it would have been wise to put Matt McClain. I think what they did worked, and 
I, you know, maybe it, it, it doesn't work as well if you tried to be too aggressive. Uh, but uh, you're going to have a team that on opening day has a, com- a lineup that's competing every night. And that's what's going to be really, really, really exciting about next year. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I just think that as much as I was screaming and yelling about maybe uh, CES and certainly um, certainly McLean being on the opening day roster for the Reds, I, I also think that that might have been a little too much to handle a full season uh, this this quickly. They kind of uh, they kind of I don't say babied them in, but they kind of got their feet wet a little bit here towards the end of the year, and then obviously you still have McLean getting hurt. CES uh, struggled at times, so who knows what his confidence would have been if he brought him up to the big leagues immediately. Uh, he got obviously off to an incredible start at the AAA level this year, so maybe that gave him a little a little more confidence. Who knows? Who ultimately really knows what would, what would have happened, what wouldn't have happened? But I think at this point, maybe it's a good segue into the final final here list a thing that's at least listed on our on our bar is. You just trust the front office at this point. They've shown that they're capable of finding, you know, young talent, and we have a good plethora of young talent, like it or not. Now I know that they're all prospects. I understand they're not all proven. I get that the Reds haven't; they're not there yet, you know. Um, but for all intents and purposes, this has to be. I would like to think this has to be the most excited that many Reds fans have felt going into another season with a lot of guys that are still on the roster. If that makes sense. You know, I, I when was the last time? Back 2012? I mean, area, the 2010, 2011, 2012 area. And I would even argue that this this crop of prospects, in my opinion, of course, has a brighter future than what that core had. Personally, that's my honest belief system. I think the middle of the field is very important. And again, T.J. Friedel goes unheralded a lot of times on this team. But if T.J. Friedel can be even half of what he was this year, and then you got McLean and Ellie uh, up the middle and they progress, I think that makes a pretty big difference. And you, that's not even counting Marte and CES. Yeah, and, and on this news with with Nick Nick Crawl getting promoted to the uh, um, the 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 president and uh, uh, Meter getting promoted to the GM. It, it Nick Crawl in his interview on TV. I mean, he is very clear. This doesn't change anything. Like he, he wanted to make sure you know. Yeah, I'm still the guy calling the shots, which I think uh, most most Reds fans and certainly everyone nationally uh, uh, likes. There's only like a select few, but that's neither here nor there. But I, I think it's important that they kept these guys. I mean, I think that was a. Uh, I, I know people go, "Oh, it'd be nice to bring someone on the outside." Well, when a team does what the Reds did this year. There's a lot of teams that didn't do what the Reds did, right? There's a lot of teams that had disappointing seasons and they go, okay, well, what are the Reds doing? And, you know, try to go pluck some of their guys. So Nick Crawl got a pay raise. See Trent Rosecrans reported that. Uh, uh, Brad Meter, he probably is a guy that uh, was maybe someone that other teams would have wanted. They wanted, hey, what is Cincinnati doing? Uh, and and even guys below them, there's, I'm sure there's going to be more promotions of guys that, that are below them that are going to, you know, you get to retain because what the Reds are doing, uh, like you said, I'm confident as hell and I'm as confident as I've ever been in what they're doing. And, uh, you know, could you survive losing a couple of these guys? Sure. But, you know, the, the, it's good to keep keep this whole system intact or at least as much as you can. And I think that was what this move was about more than anything else. 
Yeah, I, I put out a post that wasn't like even a fact earlier. Or, uh, you know, I quote tweeted the kind of the, the announcement. And I, this is what I said. And I kind of, you know, was being half-heartedly funny with this. And some of it was serious. Obviously, behind every joke's a little bit of the truth. You should always remember that. That's a life tip right there. Um, I just said, let me explain. Nick Crawl, still the general manager. Nick or the organization loved Brad very much and didn't want Brad to leave. So the organization decided to come up with some different titles to give Brad, and they gave Brad a race. This helps Brad not leave. See associate head coach in college basketball and also college football, right? You have you have programs that start to rise, Nick, and there's these other programs that are looking at your program, and they think, okay, who can I steal? Who can I take? What are they doing differently that we need to be able to do? And I think that's what's happening with the Reds, without question. Some, somebody's getting, you know, broached or whatever term you want to use they're they're they're, they're getting little they're getting a little bit of um they're, they're fielding phone calls if you want to call it that they're, their agents are getting calls and I think again Nick Crawl is great right but Nick you and I you know as well as I know in any great organization there's a lot more to it than just Nick Crawl there's a probably a lot of guys that Nick Crawl trusts heavily to make the right decision on certain things and he just goes with that now ultimately it's Nick Crawl's final call he is the end-all be-all yes but he might trust Brad or he might have a great working relationship with Brad and he got wind that somebody else wanted Brad and he said he went to the bosses and said listen I can't lose this guy he's my right hand man blah 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 or the opposite could have happened where people wanted Nick Crawl and the bosses heard about it and they said nope We're not going to let him go. We're going to give him a raise. He's going to get a better title. And sadly, in a a world we live in, Nick, to be honest with you, if you give somebody a little bit more money and you change their title to make it sound a little more important, guess what? It makes them feel appreciated. It makes them feel like, you know, you are paying attention. So that's what I take it as. That's a long-winded way of saying exactly what you said. Nothing's changing outside the fact that they gave a guy, they gave two guys a little bit more money and they told him, through a title change, that they appreciate them. And they should. So, I mean, who knows? I, like I said, I, I, the blind faith thing that many people think we do, I don't know if it's that. I mean, I, I don't have blind faith that he's going to make perfect decisions every single time. But when you have uh, when you have a, a track record here of, of late that has got you in a position to give us Reds fans a lot of hope, for all intents and purposes, I'm just going to put blind faith in him for a little while. To be honest, that's where I'm at. And if it works out, great. If it doesn't, well, then guess what? We're not making the decisions anyway, so I guess it doesn't really matter, you know? <laughs> like, that's the other funny thing as well with, with fans. It's like, if you hate Nick Crawl, then I guess you just have to suck it up. If you hate David Bell, then I guess you just have to suck it up. They're not going anywhere. David Bell, by the way, um, I mean, another great effort tonight. You got to give him a lot of credit. Yeah, I mean. Got thrown out of the game and everything. Got a lot of grit. He, he, he didn't get thrown out of the game. Oh, they didn't. He, he didn't throw it out. It was it was it was just Will Will Benson. I thought he got out. thrown out with Will, but no. Yeah, I, I did right. too. I think Sadak did too. But then and then uh, he went and sat down. I was like, oh, he's still there. Yeah, that would uh, be the most David Bell David Bell thing ever to get called out to get thrown out of a game. You're winning nineteen to two when you're clinching a winning season. <laughs> like you don't get to shake hands with everyone. <laughs> he's got a uh, he's he's got well he's got a, he's got a quota uphold, Nick. He's got to keep that status of the most thrown out major league manager in major league baseball. 
Uh, I did want to talk about Ellie De La Cruz. Or of course, of course, yeah. Why? How could we not talk about him? It's nice to see Ellie finishing the year strong, and and he looked <laughs> really great in the field today. Made some really good plays. Uh, the one play um, falling into the the netting uh, made a leaping catch that was just ridiculous. Um, just just good to see him playing well. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to take a victory lap because uh, I did not give up on Ellie De La Cruz this year. And I thought he should play every day to the end of the year. And I think it's going to be important, no matter what happens, that he did play every day to the end of the year, or close to every day until the end of the year. And uh, I think it's just nice to see him probably going to go into the offseason with a little bit more confidence than, well, certainly a lot more confidence than he had last week. Uh, I just think that's really nice. Because it, fe- it was feeling like, I'll be honest, I didn't want to bench Ellie De La Cruz, but I said next to my buddy Joe on, uh, on Tuesday after that first at-bat, uh, the one, the one, the one where I got, I, yeah, I got, I got taken to the woodshed on that my, one, brother. My, my, my exact, the exact thing I said to him, I didn't want to bench Ellie, but I said, man, Ellie just needs to get to the off season. Like that's like, that was what I, that was what I said. I was just like, he just needs to get the off season reset. And then sure enough, he's just completely flipped it and showed why it's silly to worry about it. And I'm not trying to like downplay people worrying about him, but he just, he, he can, do things that no one else can and and when he when he gets it right it just feels like how could you ever worry about this guy right like he 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 could do that more than like anyone else in this sport probably right now all right reds back at it saturday night 7:15 of course in absolute must win mode at this point for the cardinals it'll be the lefty drew rom he's 1 and 4 with a 7.98 era this season walking nearly five batters per nine, and giving up nearly two home runs per nine innings. Rahm, a local guy, he attended Highlands High School in Fort Thomas, Kentucky. Rahm was named Kentucky's Mr. Baseball back in 2018. Rahm was acquired for the Orioles at the deadline this year as part of the return for Jack Flaherty. But at his last two starts, it has been a struggle. 0-2 with a 14.85 ERA. He's allowed 17 hits and 13 runs in six and two-thirds innings. His only start against the Reds back on September 8th at Great America Ballpark. Three and two-thirds innings, seven hits, four earned runs, two home runs, two walks, and no strikeouts. Nick Sinzel and Hunter Renfro had home runs off of Rom, so surely Nick Sinzel against the lefty will be in the lineup on Saturday night. For the Reds, it'll be Connor Phillips. He's 1-0 with a 5.66 ERA. But last two starts, Phillips has been really sharp. He's got a 3.75 ERA, struck out 16 batters in 12 innings with only four walks. And his last time out, he struck out a career high, nine batters. And also of note, Phillips did not allow a home run for the first time in his career in his last start. All right, the teams, the only two teams that really matter to the Reds the rest of the way, the Marlins will be in action at 635 at the Pirates. It'll be a bullpen game for the Marlins, starting with JT Shagwa, who actually pitched on Friday night, so you know he won't be going very long. The Pirates will have Quinn Priester. He's coming off his best big league start to date. Of course, six innings, two hits, two runs against the Cincinnati Reds on Sunday. Priester has really struggled since getting called up, to say the least, but he was the number 54-ranked prospect in all of baseball when he was called up in July, 
and an 18th overall pick in 2018. So hopefully what the Reds saw on Sunday was uh, the start of him at least figuring it out for one start on Saturday. Then at 8-10, it'll be the Astros at the Diamondbacks. Great pitching matchup. Merrill Kelly for the Diamondbacks against Justin Verlander for the Astros. Kelly's been really hot or cold lately. He's had some absolutely dominant starts, but he also has two starts where he's given up seven earned runs in his last six starts. So a couple blow-ups. be nice to have one more blow-up on Saturday night. And Justin Verlander, he's coming off eight innings pitched of one-run ball at the Seattle Mariners. And speaking of the Astros, they now trail the Rangers by just one game in the AL West, and they hold the tiebreaker over the Rangers. They also only lead the Mariners by one game for the final AL wildcard spot, and they do not hold the tiebreaker over the Mariners. So why does that matter to the Reds? Well, no matter what happens to the Astros on Saturday, they will still have something to play for on Sunday, which is obviously good for the Reds. Whoever wins the AL West gets a first-round bye into the playoff. So to sum it up, the Reds must win, and they need just one of the Marlins or Diamondbacks to lose on Saturday to stay alive into Game 162 on Sunday. Well, thanks so much for listening, as always, to Chatterbox Reds. Can't thank you enough for all of your incredible support this season. You all have been so great to us, and we really appreciate it. Thanks to everyone who has left us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. If you're one of the holdouts, you haven't left us a five-star review yet, take a couple seconds to do that. That stuff really helps us out, and we would greatly appreciate it. Well, I will see you around 9.45 p.m. in the ninth inning on Chatterbox Reds Live on YouTube with Trace Fowler. Of course, if you can't join us live for that on YouTube, this will be in your podcast feed on Sunday morning. Hopefully, we're talking about the Reds still live going into Game 162. But win or lose, we'll have something to talk about and try to have a good time as always. Well, I hope that you have a fantastic Saturday. Go Pirates. Go Astros. And most importantly, go Reds. Go Reds.